So in about a week, I'm going to step away from my business for an entire month. That's right. I'm leaving my business, taking a month-long sabbatical for the month of July. And uh, I thought I'd bring you in on this process because it really ties into what I teach, what I preach, and what I believe here. Um, I could have just kept this private, uh, but I decided to, to be a little more public about it as an opportunity to encourage you. I think there's a stigma around taking long breaks, um, taking periods of rest, uh, vacations last maybe a week or two for most Americans, especially business owners, we're actually the worst. And uh, I am the antithesis of the hashtag hustle culture. And so what I want to do in this episode is explain to you why I'm taking a month-long sabbatical, what benefits I think will accrue to me in taking that month off, how I've experienced sabbaticals in the past, good and bad, what some of my mental scripts are that actually almost prevented me from taking the sabbatical this year. And then I got a little challenge for you at the end. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 164 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, we'll be talking about that part today, and living and giving more, we'll be talking about that part today as well. I'm your host as always, Graham Cochran, pumped to hang out with you today. I hope you're having an amazing, amazing start to the summer, uh, wherever you are, and I hope you are thinking about, if you haven't already, taking some much needed rest, and if you're listening to this way in the future, you can always take rest. It doesn't have to be the summertime. Uh, this is going to be a good theme for you if you are feeling tired, if you're feeling burned out, um, if you're feeling like you're out of ideas, if you feel disconnected from your spouse, from your family, from your friends, if you feel disconnected from yourself, then this is going to be an episode for you. So I'm going to be as transparent as, as I can and show you the way I'm processing this and the way I think about it in hopes that you gain some insights from that. Uh, this is all predicated on you and I having a passive income business, which is one of the entire points of everything I do here is to help you build not a business, but a passive income style online business, one that can work without you. That's the only way sabbaticals are going to work. So in that vein, if you haven't already built your passive income business, or you have a service-based business, you service clients or you're just launching all the time, but you haven't automated your business, You've even if you found a way to make money, that's only one piece of the puzzle. Let me show you how to do the other piece of the puzzle, which is automate that thing and create a machine that can run almost completely on its own. I have my passive income workshop. It's 100% free. I want you to have this training so that you understand the business model that I use for both of my businesses and what I teach to my, my premium students. It's going to walk you through the four pillars of passive income. It's going to give you some tips and tricks on how to figure out your profitable business idea. If you don't already have it and find people to sell to and figure out what your product should be. I got some scripts and templates you can just swipe uh, to get started. And I share all the tools that I use that are both cheap and free that you can use to get started with your passive income business to generate your first thousand dollars a month in just 30 minutes a day. It's free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop, or if you're watching here on YouTube, you can click the link below in the description, grahamcochran.com slash workshop. So first of all, let's talk about why a sabbatical, uh, why it's important. Um, first of all, what does the word sabbatical mean? 
I mean, in the dictionary, they describe it as like what it is in the modern era, which is a period of extended time off, paid time off. So you might have a professor might get a sabbatical for a few months. A lot of times this is used in ministry. So, you know, a pastor or a minister might get a sabbatical after a few years of, of hard work where they go take a break and a rest and they come back refreshed. Uh, the idea comes from the Judeo-Christian world and you've got, it really comes from the word Sabbath, right? Which was in, in Jewish culture. And, and then really, I think a lot of it applies to Christian culture too. You have the Sabbath day, which was the seventh day of the week, um, the day that God rested after creation. And then he created this pattern and taught his people this pattern of in six days, you should work one day, you should rest. And that seventh day is you know, the Shabbat, Sabbath day. And so it's a period of rest, right? So then the sabbatical, and, and also in the, in the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament, you've got uh, Sabbath years, like work the ground six years, then the seventh year, you're not supposed to plant any crops and let the, the ground lay fallow and then like come back and be refreshed. And so you have Sabbath years, Sabbath days. A sabbatical is just an extension of that. It's that concept of like a defined period of rest when you rest from work. And the point is to not be productive. It's not a period of slowing down, although you can do whatever you want. These aren't rules. This is not legalism, but by, by definition, it's not a period of slowing down and doing less. It's a period of doing nothing that advances your work or business, right? So it's like a hard cut and there's a lot of benefits. So I wanna share some of the benefits to having a sabbatical, which might be obvious, but some people they aren't. And then we'll talk about how I'm gonna pull this off, how I'm gonna pull a month off, and then some of the mental scripts that have almost kept me from doing it this year, just ask my wife. Uh, and then we'll talk about why a lot of business owners don't think this is possible for them or don't take uh, this opportunity. Number one, when you get a sabbatical, you get clarity that you cannot get anywhere else. You will know where to go and why. It is very hard to get clear on what's next in your business and life when you're just constantly scrambling and doing the thing. It's possible, but it depends on your personality, but it's not very probable. I'm a deep thinker. I, I long for moments of just like silence so that I can process my thoughts. I've learned that at the end of my thoughts, whether it's processing through journaling, um, talking it out with somebody, at the end of processing my thoughts, there's usually gold and clarity there. So I fight for that within my days and weeks when I can. I have learned that I'm an outlier. Most people I talk to, they do not think deeply because they're so busy. So they never train themselves to think deeply. And so because of that, they don't have clarity and they want clarity and they don't find it. So they just hope someone else tells them what to do or gives them an answer that seems like likely to work for them because it's worked for all these other people, which is great. I love learning from mentors. That's why I read books. That's why I hire coaches. But nobody can truly give you the clarity that you need if you don't get away from it all, clear your mind, and then start to process the thoughts that are there, the, the emotions that are there, the deep-seated fears that are there that you haven't even named. It is easy to fall into work, even good work, that is successful and profitable and never question whether it's the work you truly want to do or if you need to make a slight pivot or if the way you're doing it or showing up in it is you living completely fully yourself and alive and fully present or if it's just 
something you've gotten good at, taking a break, separation from work is a catalyst for clarity and not being productive is a catalyst for clarity. When I am walking along the beach, I gain more insights than I do when I'm sitting at my desk trying to like solve my business problems. It's being away from the work when you gain the clarity. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's always been a benefit of taking any kind of extended time off. Uh, obviously, number two benefit is actually enjoying the fruits and the benefits of this business model. Like you and I are working hard to build a passive income engine. And I don't care how many people like to make fun of the term passive income or have become cynical about the term passive income. It is alive and well. It is a very real thing. The reason I set up my business the way I do is so that I can enjoy the fruit of it, which is extended time away, flexibility. You don't have to take extended time away to enjoy the benefits of it, but that is one of the benefits. Uh, and part of that is then three, having your family and friends appreciate what you do even more because then you are freed up to spend time with them. So part of the tagline of my show is to be able to give more and that's to the things and people you care about. So giving is really, you can only give to two things. You can give to things and give to people. Um, and when you give to things, you can give of yourself, of your time or of your resources. And so I like to give both. We like to give a, a ton of money away. And then we want to be able to give our time away, whether it's volunteering or serving in our church or in the community, or even if you just want to give your time to your spouse, to your kids, to your friends. How many of us are just too busy? A friend calls, hey, can you grab coffee? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. You look at your calendar, look at your calendar. Uh, uh, next month, do you have time next month? And I'm not judging you. That's been me in the past too. But that when, when we have to, when we can't do coffee with a friend for a month or two, something's wrong, right? It could be just a season that's really crazy. We all go through seasons, but when every season is really crazy, it's, it's no longer a season. That's just your life, bro. <laughs> so... Having the ability to have the break so that I can focus on time with the family, 100%, like no email, no, no phone checking, uh, no calls, no nothing for a month in this case, just with me and my family, it means a lot to them. And then they can see, why, oh, this is why daddy works hard when he's in his office. This is why daddy films all those videos. This is why, this is what he does. Even if they don't understand the exact nature of what I do, they understand the fruit of what I do, which is daddy's home with me. Daddy's focused on me. My husband is here. So, so valuable because they benefit. Another benefit is creativity. One reason why I'm taking the sabbatical is because I need new ideas. I'm, I'm awful at new ideas. I'm a consistency machine, which is like super, one of my superpowers. I am disciplined. I will show up and do the thing every day that I need to until I die. I won't skip. I won't let myself skip. That's great. There's a lot of benefits to that. You know, one of the problems to that mindset is with discipline, the shadow side is lack of creativity. I won't change it up. I'm gonna keep doing the thing the way I do the thing because it works. I'm keep doing good job, Graham. But have you ever thought about maybe there's some newer ways of doing things? Have you ever thought about a new business idea or a new venture or a new collaboration? Now, I don't have time to think about that because I'm consistently doing the thing. So for me, I struggle with creativity, which is interesting because I, I come from a creative background, but I can get so into the routine that 
that I lose creativity. So I, taking time off for me is going to give me an opportunity with that emptiness, with that space for ideas to come, creativity to come, not just the clarity of what's next, but creativity of how to pursue what's next. And then fifth and finally for me, as a man of faith, as a Christian, a huge part of the sabbatical is spending more time with God. So I'm, I'm up in the mornings, I spend like an hour you know, with my Bible. Now I'm journaling, like I used to hate journaling. I've gotten much better at it, like journaling and prayer. Um, this, this sabbatical will be that on steroids. A month where there's no work, where my brain isn't even thinking about work, there's more brain space and more physical time to devote, to spend time with the one who created me, gave me my business, really is driving things, has given me all the good ideas I've ever had. I want to be in tune with the God of the universe. I want those downloads so that I can know what to do because I could have some ideas, but they could all be crap. So for me, it's really going to be important to spend time with God. So the question I get a lot is, how does this, how does this work, Graham? How does your passive income business work? How are you going to take a month off and make it work? Well, it is three, I'll say four Fourth, simple components. The component zero, that's like the unspoken is like, I have a lot of content that's already out there and in place that's funneling leads into my system so I, so I can sell courses and all that kind of stuff. And I already have some recurring revenue through a membership, through my mastermind uh, and through affiliate products. Um, so I've built the machine. If I were just starting out, it's hard to have passive income when you're starting out. So I've put in a lot of the work to have the machine that money comes in already, whether I'm in the office or not. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's the whole point of my business model. It's the reason why I do what I do. But then of what, what do I have to do now to pull that off? It's pretty simple. Number one is I need passive funnels. So I rely not on launches, but on my funnel to do the heavy lifting. So the funnel is the pre-written emails, right? That somebody joins your email list and on day one, they get an email, on day two, they get an email and it's personalized just to them from the time they join. And it does the heavy lifting of building trust, over delivering and adding value and showing that, hey, this guy's credible. This guy can help you. This guy's generous. And then offering some of my products automatically. So that funnel is so important. So my question for you is, do you have your funnel in place? And a funnel can just be a five-day sequence. I teach a simple five-day sequence to a lot of my students. All you need is like five days worth of emails, day one, two, three, four, five, right after they join. And it can just lend itself to leading to one product, teach, teach, pitch, 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 call it a day. That, that's a funnel. And that can print money for you. Assuming you have a steady stream of leads going into it, which goes to component two is I'm pre-recording and scheduling my content. So I drop, uh, these days I'm dropping two videos a week. So I'm just doubling up on content. And at this point, when you're watching this, I will have already pre-filmed everything that I need for the month of July. So it's really simple. I'm just doing a little bit of extra work in advance. So the beauty of doing pre-recorded content as opposed to, I don't know, live teaching all the time is that I can batch and schedule it. And a lot of people already batch anyway. I typically film one week at a time because I don't like to have a lot of work on my, on my plate. So I like to come into a week and film basically next week's content. Um, so I'm always like one week ahead, but I do it one week at a time. But I know when I need to take extended time off, I can batch. So batching content, pre-scheduled to go out makes it super, super easy. 
And those two things you can do on your own. You could be a solopreneur and you can have your funnel in place and you can have your content batched and ready to go in place. Here's the thing that will be tricky for you if you are by yourself is customer service while you're gone. That's where my team comes into play. So the, I have two, two guys on my team, one full-time, one part-time on this brand. I have a couple of people on, on the Recording Revolution. I don't run that anymore. It's run for me. But I have two people on my team. And for this to work, I really only need one part-time virtual assistant. And that was the very first hire I made nine years ago was when I realized email was not only too much, I was spending too many hours in the inbox, but I remember being on a short, and I mean short, beach vacation with my family uh, in the panhandle of Florida. We got a condo and it might've been three days, four days, little getaway. My kids were really young. uh, And then I remember opening up my laptop on day two and Shay was like, what are you doing? Why are you checking your email? Like we're on vacation. We're only here for like three days. I was like, babe, I know, I know I don't want to be on this, but if people don't get their downloads or if they have an issue or something and it's been like three or four days and they haven't heard back from me, like they're going to be pissed. And so I just have to check in. I won't check all the email, just the, you know, just the the emergency ones or the, the ones dealing with money. And she was like, whatever. She said it nicer than that. But I could sense like, this is this is not good. And I knew in my heart, like, this is dumb. What is the point of a business if I can't even walk away from it for three days? I I was better off working at that software company when I could take my paid time off and take my week-long vacation and nobody need me and I don't need anybody. Like, how am I better now? (laughs) So that's when I realized I needed to hire somebody. And I started by hiring a friend for 10 hours a week to check my email because I had about two hours a day of email. Now, I had a lot back then. You may not have that much even five hours a week. Can you check my inbox one hour a day, Monday through Friday? Don't have them check on the weekends because nobody should be working on the weekends. Can I get an amen? Chick-fil-A is crushing it and they're closed on Sundays. So we don't need to work on the weekends. Uh, So that was my first hire. And I found a friend who wanted a little bit of extra income who could like do this in the evening, every evening while he and his wife watch Netflix or just they're chilling out or whatever. Super easy, low cost, if you're making any amount of money, that should be your first hire. And that's how I'm able to pull it off. Now, if you're taking three days off, I think you'll be fine. Just let things fall. And if people are angry, they're angry. You could even go a week without responding to people. And I think it's fine. I was a little manic back then. I've learned to just like not worry if people are upset with me because I can clean up most messes later, right? Most people are gracious. And the one or two people that aren't, usually you can solve it later. It's not a big deal. But if you're gonna be gone for longer than a week, you probably need a virtual assistant checking your email. So that's the third component is team. I have team, uh, they're amazing uh, and they'll take care of the important things. And then the people that just wanna hear back from me later, they'll just, they'll just wait, they'll have to wait. If they can't wait, then I am living as a slave to them. And that's not what I'm about. I left the corporate grind so that I can be free, not so that I can be a slave to a million bosses instead of the one boss I had. That's an important distinction. So if you find yourself afraid of disappointing people in your inbox, tease it out a little bit. What's going on there? Who's really running the show? Is it, is it you or is it the people in your inbox? Are they, are they running your show? So don't let them run your show, but it's real simple. Funnels, pre-scheduled batch content and a small team. So let's talk about real quick. This sounds great, Graham. Would you believe most people aren't gonna do this? 
Um, and you, can you believe that I almost didn't do this? So well, I'm going to share m- some of my fears. Some are founded, some are not founded. Um, maybe you can identify with any of these if you've never taken extended time off. Number one, the overarching fear is my business will crumble without me. I have this fear in the back of my head all the time, which is shocking because I actually know it's not true. And I teach this kind of stuff like to separate from work, separate your identity from work. But just so you know, I'm not a robot. I'm a human. And I actually still struggle with, ah, but my business will crumble without me. Um, Number two, there's so much that only I can do. Only I can do. So my team, they're not going to respond to emails as well. Uh, They're going to miss something. Um, Something's going to be missed or it's not going to be done right. You know, what if my, I had a hard time trusting someone to take over my email, by the way. I say it like it's no big deal. It was a huge deal for me because not only, not only do I want to be in control and know what's happening in the inbox, but they are a representation of me. They're a representative of me. They're like an ambassador for Graham. When they respond, and I never had them respond as me, but when they respond on my behalf, what if they don't handle the situation the way I'd want to handle it? right? That was, that was a fear. And so even though I've, I've got my team pretty trained and we, we work it out and when there's problems, we correct it. I still have that fear that they're not going to do it as well as I could. Um, I sometimes convince myself that extended time off is actually disruptive and it's better to stay regular. And that's just a lie from the pit of hell, right? That's a lie that means, okay, then you never get to take a break <laughs> so, because it's just better to stay regular. Okay. Okay, Graham, go live your life of slavery. Okay. Uh, but I feel that way sometimes. Here's one. Um, if I leave, I'll come back so disconnected. My fear is like, if I take a month off, uh, I'm going to come back and be like, what's happening in my business? What's happening on YouTube? What's happening in the world? What did I miss? And I'm going to, it's, I'm going to feel like a long lost brother trying to reintegrate into the family. I'm like, Hey, am I welcome back here? Um, that's a very vague fear, but I felt it. Overall fear of revenue plummeting. Well, the fact that I'm not responding to emails or the fact that I'm not aware or in, in the office, again, will I miss something and I won't be able to catch it? Revenue will go down. And then here's a reverse fear. Uh, I'm afraid, and this is what I've struggled with, that I won't actually be able to keep myself from working that I'll be too mentally invested in the business during my time off. And so I guess the thought process is I will actually crack open a laptop or check something and then it'll bring on shame and guilt. Like, oh, you couldn't even take a break. And so either guilt with myself or my wife will be disappointed in me or my kids will be disappointed. And so I'm like, wow, let's just not take the break so that I can avoid that scenario from even happening, (laughs) which shows how ridiculous it is. When it comes out of my mouth, it sounds ridiculous. When I write it down, it sounds like, yeah, that's what I was feeling. But I don't know if you identify with any of those, but those are some of my mental scripts that I was struggling with um, when we talked about this. Because A, we usually take a solid two weeks off at a time when we do a trip, we try to do 10 to two, 10 days to two weeks when we go anywhere, if we can, uh, in the summer, when the kids are off of school, spring break, they only get a week. So we'll take the week. Um, but my first experience with a month long sabbatical actually took six weeks off. Uh, it was like my four hour work week 
like bucket list. I read the four hour work week, the year it was published in 2007. I thought it was a fairy tale. I returned it to Barnes and Noble. I was still working in corporate America back then. When I started my business during the global recession, 2009, I, the second edition of that book came out and I was at Barnes and Noble and I rebought it. Cause I was like, I actually probably should have paid attention to this book. I probably could use it now. And I reread it once a year, every year since. Um, and one of the things that Tim Ferriss talks about in that book is these ideas of mini retirements. Um, instead of the concept is instead of waiting till you're old to be able to finally take a break from work and enjoy life and go do adventures and, and see the world, why not do that now? Not retire early. That's not what he says, but like have rhythms of work and rest. It's a very, it's a much more realistic and I think life-giving approach, which is work for a few months, months and then take six weeks off and then come back to work and then take another four weeks off or three months off or these periods of work and rest hence the sabbatical concept. So I always knew like, I want to take at least a month off uh, and I want to live some, in another country for a month. That was like my, my goal. And then really in the back of my mind is like, I, was, I want to make a six week departure. So uh, in 2018, my family, we went to the South of France and we, we lived there for a month. It was amazing. Um, and it, my, well, yes, my, my kids, they were bored out of their mind because uh, we were out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, now, my youngest is like, oh, it was the best trip ever. I'm like, oh, he sounded bored then, but um, it was an amazing experience. It was, we had some challenges. It was hard sometimes. I'm the only one that spoke the language and, and I barely speak French. So even I was struggling, but it was a great challenge. And it was, and I thought I was going to work like an hour or two a week, just check in, but the internet never worked anywhere we went because we were out in the middle of nowhere. So it was just too slow. So it's like, forget it. So I ended up not working that month. And then my family flew home after four weeks or after a month rather. And I stayed um, in Europe for two more weeks, visited my business partner in London. And then I did a bike tour uh, around the uh, South of France, um, in the Pyrenees really near Spain uh, around the Tour de France that was going on. So I got to do this uh, sort of bucket list thing, like cycle up some of the biggest mountains um, in Europe, which is pretty cool. So that was six weeks. And that was, that was an incredible experience. Um, cause one, I realized my business did not crumble and two, I got to go live my life and three, I got a, an immense break, which was just really helpful because I was about to go into a season of life where there was a lot happening and it gave me fuel that I really, really needed. Um, and a lot of perspective. So I haven't done a month long sabbatical since then. And I've honestly been afraid to, cause I've had so much going on. My business is growing. I signed the book deal. I've been writing the book. It's, it's just like, it always has seemed like, it's not a great time to do it. I'll just take a week off, take two weeks off. And, and my wife, this earlier this year, January, she's like, yeah, let's take another month off this summer. I really want to do that. And I, I, I pushed back. I was like, nah, babe, I don't know if this is a good year to do that. Like I was already talking myself out of it. It's never a good year to do it in one sense, right? It's never, like you're always busy. Next year's not going to be any different for you or for me. It's going to be something else. It's going to be another reason not to, but you have every reason to do it right now. But most people won't. So few business owners won't. I'm not talking about uh, people working a job. Let's talk about business owners who have the opportunity that not everybody has. Why do so few business owners take sabbaticals? And why is there a stigma around taking long breaks, long periods of time off, even when a lot of us are in the online business, the passive income business space, why, why is there this stigma? Well, this is important because this, this is where, what it comes down to. I think everybody likes the idea. Oh, a month off, that sounds 
Great. Sure. Very few people are like, that sounds awful. Um, but most people don't take, take it. Why? A, there's, there's personal fears, the ones that I listed. I'm afraid my business will crumble. And if you think your business will crumble, if you take a month off, here's a helpful exercise. Redesign your business so that it won't crumble if you take a month off, even if you never take a month off. Right? Like there is an entire philosophy around managing your business that you would you should set up your business in such, such a way that you could disappear for a month or two or 10 and it would still function without you. Even if you never intend to do that, why? Because it would make you, force you to systematize your business and make it run, like Michael McCowitz's book, like clockwork, right? I talked about this in an episode a couple of years ago, but read um, Cash Flow Quadrant by Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it, it talks about the four types of, of people that earn money. You've got employees, E's, they work for somebody else. They have to work all the time. You have S's, which are self-employed people. Uh, and they, they just own a job. They work for themselves, but they're still an employee of themselves. Uh, and then you have B's and I's on the right side of the quadrant. Uh, I's are investors. B's are business owners. And when he defines business owners, he defines it as you own the business, you hire the people, you don't run it. Like you could walk away from your business for a year and come back and it's made more money in your absence. That's a true business in Robert Kiyosaki's eyes. I think that we're, I mean, in this modern era, there's probably like a, a hybrid between the B's and the S's, like in the middle of the quadrant, um, where it's not 100% you owning a business that other people are running, but it's also not 100% you working for yourself, like a lawyer, doctor, um, graphic designer, where like you, you have to be there to do the work. I'm, I, maybe I'm creating a fifth quadrant in a four quadrant thing. Um, you want to be investors for sure. We won't talk about that now where you own other people's businesses or own other assets that make money passively without you, which I do as well. But as far as your business goes, like it's a helpful exercise to set up your business in such a way that it could run without you, even if you don't. So if you feel like I couldn't take a sabbatical, there's something wrong with your business. It's just not set up the right way. So don't get upset. Like the E-Trade ads, don't get angry. Just get E-Trade, don't get mad, get E-Trade. So don't get angry, just get to work on like, well, okay, what part of my business um, is prohibiting me from being able to walk away for a month? So there's the, I don't think I could pull it off reason why, but then I think more palatable than that is there is a lot of shame and judgment in the Western business world on people who want passive income, who take breaks, who aren't in the office very much. I know this from personal experience because most people I interact with have no conception for what it, my life looks like. Five hours a week, what does that even mean? And like, they're already just like, they're, they're, I don't know if they're jealous or confused or a combination of both, but they're like, he must be lazy. And then you've got business gurus with big names making fun of passive income as if it's like a joke, or if you want passive income, you're lazy and you're a joke. Why? Because what do we elevate as a society in the West? We elevate hard work. And by hard, we define that as working all the time. The more hours you put in, the higher your status in the eyes of other people. We respect people that work 80 hours a week. We call it hustle. It's just 
workaholism in disguise. But that's what we respect. So the opposite of working all the time is taking a month off, six weeks off. Three months off. I mean, people don't even take two weeks off for vacation in America. You look like a crazy person when you want to take a month off. So there's a lot of shame there. And you might be ashamed of yourself or you might feel it from other people. My wife, Shay, runs a multi-six-figure-year business. She works 16 hours a week. And she even feels uncomfortable sharing that because she gets judged. Oh, it must be nice. Must be nice. Turns out there's a phrase I didn't even know was a thing, ladies who lunch. She gets lumped in this category of these, these rich ladies that can just go to lunch all day long for three, four hours because they have nothing else they have to do. And that's those ladies, whoever these hypothetical ladies are that my wife has gotten lumped into, uh, are, are demonized. Oh, you, you privileged ladies, you, you have all this time in the afternoon. I'm over here working. Okay. There's so much wrong in that, by the way, but this is, this is the culture that we are in. So it is countercultural to talk about taking long breaks. It's countercultural to take sabbaticals. But you know what's going on, my friend? I, I would like to be countercultural because our culture sucks. Our culture is a culture of burnout, of divorce, high divorce rate, suicide, mental health crises, uh, families that are disrupted. Um, people don't know how to even have long-term relationships because they're so selfish. People's health is falling apart because they're so exhausted. And when people show up at work for their boss or for themselves, they're functionally drunk because they're under rested. And so their brain is foggy and we are just a hot mess. So yes, I want to be counter to that. That does not sound appealing or what at all what any of us would hope for our children to have when they grow up. So yes and amen, I'm going to be counterculture to that. And it's hard, even for me, is what I'm trying to say. So I'm even having to force myself. It took me a couple months. Should I even take the sabbatical? It's an important year. The book's coming out. There's gonna be a lot of media and press. Shouldn't I be available? What if Good Morning America calls while I'm out of the country for a few weeks? Like, ah, you know, fear, pushing back. Like I should just always be available. And like, no, we, I can't do this, Graham. I ha my wife's right. Graham in my ear is right. Like I know what Graham would say. And I, this is weird because I am Graham. I need to take a break. If for nothing else, than to, to put a stake in the ground and say, I'm not going along with the flow of culture because the culture is wrong and the culture is going off a cliff and I'm not going to follow those lemmings off a cliff. But then two, I actually need clarity. I actually need creativity. I actually need insight because my business is in growth mode, because there's a lot of potential on the other side. I need to step away, get clarity, hear from the Holy Spirit. And then when I come back, I'm going to be able to do more in the months to follow than I could if I had stayed home and worked hard the entire time. I believe it. So my challenge for you, as we wrap this up, is to plan your own sabbatical. And no, it does not have to be a month long sabbatical. But what if you took a week off? And this might, some of you might be like, oh my gosh, grandma, it's no problem. A lot of you have never even taken a full seven days off and by off, I mean, you do not bring your laptop on your trip. You do not have push notifications on your phone. You do not check your email. 
work or personal. You do not check social media. You know why? Because you're going to see people commenting on your stuff, which is going to make you think about work. So you cannot be on. So if you haven't taken seven days off where there's no laptop, no email or no social media, then you haven't taken seven days off. You've just gone somewhere else for seven days. There's a big difference. So my challenge for you is plan your first sabbatical, even if it's only seven days. And if you can't do seven, do two, do three. But a true sabbatical should be an extended time off and it should feel uncomfortable. You should be a little scared. And if you can't pull that off, then let this push you to reassess your business model to find where is the bottleneck and am I the bottleneck and how can I get myself out of the position of the bottleneck so that this business can hum along without me, even if I were gone for seven, 17, 70 days. We've got a lot of content on the YouTube channel on all of that. I won't go into it here, but a great book to read is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. It's on my shelf somewhere and uh, super practical, but a lot of stuff you can do, but it's more, I think, of a decision and a mental state. Let me know in a comment below if you're watching on YouTube, if you've ever taken an extended sabbatical, what was the longest you've ever taken off? What was the pro, what were the cons? And what's your goal? What would be the dream for you to, for your next sabbatical, your next extended break? What kind of time off are we talking about? And what are you going to do today to move yourself a little bit closer to that break? And finally, if you need to reorient your business to be more of a passive income style business, take my free workshop. It'll walk you through how to pull that off. Links below in the description or go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. And in case you were wondering, I'll still have content here for you throughout the month of July uh, and it'll be amazing. But I may not be able to get back to you if you send me a message. It's okay. I'll be back and I'll be better than ever. Have an amazing rest of your week. We'll see you on another episode real soon.